This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Monday, March 21st, and this is Season 6, Episode 29 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Lucas. Hello, hello, hello. And Jeff. Hello. Well, uh, I think we might as well roll right into this. This is um, a good week for Spurs. Uh, I don't think we've had a good full week in a long time. Um, It's been... Since I think maybe the the first two matches of the season that we've had two consecutive wins to talk about at a, um, or and that wasn't even uh, December. Yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, there probably was a, a week in December that we uh, that we won one out. Um, yeah, we beat um, we beat Brentford and Norwich like back to back in early December. I remember that. Yeah, and I think we might have had actually leads in there as well. So I think we might have won a few in a row back then. <clears throat> but it was uh, we also had some postponements, I think, in there too, yeah. and stuff like that that happened. So it uh, like we didn't have to get to have an exciting episode talking about two two wins on the week. Um, I don't think, but here we have to do, and and I think it's a it's certainly a good thing. And we're going to start the conversation by talking about the earlier match. To, so the league away match to Brighton. This was a makeup match uh, uh, from one of those uh, postponed matches. Uh, and at the time, uh, Brighton was, uh, um, they had a lot of injuries. And I think we were thinking that even though this was a, st- still a very uh, fre- fresh uh, side under our, our relatively new coach at that point, um, that we really would have wanted to have a, a week in Brighton to face because uh, they were actually playing very well at that point in time. Uh, but now things are kind of reversed and they were coming into this game and, and they're on, they were on kind of a bad spell. Um, they were dropping in the table, um, but we were also in this back and forth uh, uh, win-loss, win-loss, win-loss that we certainly wanted to um, chatter. Um, and we went out and did it. Um now I'm gonna let you guys talk about this one a lot more than me because I uh, uh, I was watching this one on my phone while I was uh, in a work meeting. Um, I did rewatch uh, the highlights and everything. So, but I think you guys are gonna have a fresher sense of uh, how the match played out. So let's uh, I'll let you guys take it away from here. Uh, let's start with Lucas. Well, I think the big thing for for me this week was. Um, well, we like with that United result, <clears throat> like we didn't, we had to keep the momentum going because although the United result didn't go our way, it wasn't like we played a bad game against United. It was, I thought we played really well against United. It just was the best player to ever play football just happened to show up and have a hat trick. It's like that, sh- that shit happens and there's nothing you can really do about it. So I was really excited to see how we were going to react against Brighton. And I think we came out really strong. And the thing about Brighton was this is – they are a good side, but this was a great time to play them. If we had to have a midweek game like going out to Brighton, I was very happy that it was this week where they've lost six on the bounce. So they've lost six straight Premier League games and are in a massive slide. So they've got some injury problems that are going on. So we, we were really fortunate that we caught them at that, like, at that week or at that time on one Wednesday. So – um I think we did a good job, and I think because the United result didn't go our way, it just made this game so much more important where if you had asked me, hey, you're going to get six points out of this week, I would have taken that. Um, So Wednesday was big for us to try and right the ship and get back on track for this week. Yeah, it it was like the United match did put us in the position where this was like you can't can't lose, you certainly – can't even draw. It's just, uh, it's not enough. Anything but a win is not going to do, do the job. Uh, Jeff? Yeah, I think the thing that struck me most about this game is how comfortable it was. Um, you know, Spurs felt in control of that match the whole time. 
um, you know, Brighton really didn't threaten. And, you know, except we were, you know, uh, wayward as usual in uh, in putting the ball in the net or, you know, that could have easily been a four or five nothing victory um, like we had done to Leeds. So, um yeah, it was really good to see. It's our last midweek game for a while. I think the next one is early May. They're thinking the North London Derby will be then. So um, so we finally have our weeks in between matches where Conte excels. So it was good to get that game in hand taken um, and uh, and keep moving up. <clears throat> and that's a really good point there. Too, yeah, it's like with, with the, the having a full week's rest between matches from here out. Um, that that can make a huge difference, uh, Lucas. Well, in terms of what Jeff was talking about being comfortable, uh, I don't think they had. I think they had fifteen shots and none on target. That's correct. So yeah. they they had no shots on target. So that's about as comfortable as it gets. And it seemed like it was clear that their game plan was going to be just trying to get like set pieces. Like that was going to be their because they had a couple opportunities that they created off corners. They had the odd break here or there, but it, it didn't really seem like anything that really troubled us. And I thought one of the things that was – I got a little worried when we had that. I think it was like the fourth or fifth minute when Kane got played in or like he challenged the keeper, made him make a mistake, and Harry had that shot where he ran around to the keeper and had a wide open net. And when that didn't go in, I was thinking like, oh, crap, is it going to be one of those days where it's just not our day? But – um, especially us, like seeing how great and effective we are as a team when we get that first early goal, we just have the opportunity to bury teams when we score early. And so I was really worried that that opportunity was was going to be that, was going to be costly. It was going to be a costly miss. That was like a really weird angle he was at by the time because you know he knocked the ball free, but by the time he caught up to it, he was already in kind of a weird place. So I understand why he missed, and oh, you know, yeah. maybe maybe he thought somebody would come in trailing and <laughs> put the ball in the net. Well, it's a very something we do. It was a very difficult finish. It's, it's, it was yeah. a difficult finish, but when it's Harry Kane, I'm like, I expect yeah, you Harry expect Kane it. That. If that was any other player on the team, I'd been like, yeah, that was probably tough. Like, what are we gonna do? But like with Harry, I'm like. You're the guy. Need to, that's what you do. That's your that's your move. As you bury that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and to, to your points, like, uh, yeah, they had no shots on target, even though they had 15 shots, but they were just all from distance. They 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 didn't really have good opportunities, but we did have opportunities in this one, and we, as you guys said, we probably had more. Uh, opportunities to score than than showed in the score line for sure. We had seven on target. Um, uh, a lot of those were pretty close calls too. It, it was a uh, um, a pretty convincing victory for us. Yeah, definitely. I think the um, just to spoil it. So I guess my LVP for this one. I mean, nobody played bad in this game really, but um, you know, Reggian, uh Kane sprung him three times with beautiful passes where, you know, he, he went in pretty much just one-on-one with the keeper and missed all of them. So it, yeah. on the one hand, it's good that he, he gets out there into the attacking position, but, but he needs to start burying some of those. Um, yeah. And, and, and that, that is, uh, and he's a topic that's certainly going to come up more today, I'm sure. Um, but it, it is, kind of concerning that he uh, um even when he can get find himself into the right position that he he doesn't seem to 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 know how to complete complete it um and i think we saw like <coughs> it's a reason why Sessegnon was being favored for a few matches there before his uh glass ankles broke or or whatever shattered um <laughs> I, I know the he's 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 made of uh complete like uh glass at this point and can't stay healthy whatsoever, but he makes but he makes Lamella like choice. He was looking like the choice for a while. I've said like Sessegnon's injuries, like he makes Lamella look like he's Danish, like <laughs> like a like an Ericsson or a a Hoybier. Like I just, yeah, it's such a shame. But I think yeah, Regulon that there was such a positive game. I think Regulon was probably in the category for LVP just he's got because again he had the same thing yesterday against West Ham where there was a couple opportunities that 
he needs to finish if we want to put these teams away. And I thought that was one thing that I just, that was one of the few things that I was not pleased about. The other thing would probably be just uh, Romero's yellow cards. That's just something that he's just got to sort out. He's such a world-class player and he's going to be so great for us, but it just seems that he's getting in this little bit of a habit where it's every other game. I feel like Romero's picking up a yellow card in a game like that against Brighton where, I mean, did we really need, like in the game that's so comfortable, it's just, I would like to see us not have to be worried about you getting a yellow in a game like that, where it just didn't seem necessary. Yeah, it is concerning with Ramiro in the yellow cards, especially like when you want him to be able to to make that that uh, yellow card violation tackle when it's going to be essential for preventing a goal against a, a key opponent. Like when we're when we're playing Arsenal later this year, when we we have to take on Liverpool to, towards the end of the season. Uh, when we have, uh, we, we want him to not be afraid to uh, to make that uh, wrong decision then. Um, and we should be making those decisions in a match against Brighton that doesn't um, that, that it isn't going to cause us to lose. Like it's it, it the decision making there is something that I think will come with time because he is a world class player and he certainly has the talent, <laughs> but. He's it's it's concerning and like I'm worried that he's going to get his yellow card accumulation um, and it's going to hit us at the worst possible moment when we need him the most. Like when we're about to go to the North London Derby. He's got to make it through the second Brighton game, right? Yeah, Um, which is in He's got two two to spare. He's got to stay under two by the end of the game. Yeah. If he gets... if he gets two yellow cards against Newcastle, Villa, or Brighton, then he has to miss Brentford and Leicester. So he won't be missing Liverpool or anything regardless, but it's just, yeah. It's uh, it's just it, something you don't want to have to deal with in that stretch of the season. Okay, yeah. so after that it resets. So those but, are the ones that we have to worry about. But mm-hmm. even those, like, those are matches that we have to win. Um Especially since we can't count on beating Liverpool, and unfortunately, I don't think we can count on beating being able to beat Arsenal either. Um, well, I I think and a one positive thing for Romero though, at least he gets technically technically got the goal for the game against Brighton. So it was nice to see him finally get get off the mark and start his goal scoring career for us. Yeah, yeah. talk about right place at right time. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I love that he's just not afraid to get forward. Like he really is. Terrific, and I, again, I thought he was going to be the middleman in in the the, the three center back pairing uh, when we first got him, um, and that was until I started watching him, and I'm like, no, this is the perfect guy for Conte because he can start going forward, and um, yeah, just that ability to to play play forward with 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 the attacking team and contribute and be in the right place at the right time and, and not being afraid to, to take space when it's offered to him. Like, I think that's, well, that's huge for a Conte uh, uh, center back. Well, Lucas another thing too is like, <clears throat> well, it's one of those where, like you said, right place, wrong time. You, you, you're going to get goals like that when you're finding yourself in those forward positions. And it's the same reason why we have, uh, I know we'll come on to it when we talk about West Ham, but it's the same reason when you have three or, or your third highest or our third highest scorer is own goal. It's like it's because when you're finding yourself in those forward attacking positions and stuff, you're forcing mistakes. And that shot by I think it was a Kulicheski that played the ball that was the original shot that deflected off Romero. Like, right? Yeah, and then the goalkeeper gets flat footed, so you're just you keep getting opportunities like that stuff's going to go your way sometimes. And it was just, it was really, I thought it was a really key to get that goal right before half. It kind of helped us settle in and just take control in the second half. No, I agree. You know, and I have to, uh, you know, thinking uh, like retrospect and obviously we can do this all day. Like I would have rather the, the decky was um, subbed off in this match for a rest rather than the man United match. Um, because I think like uh, we could have gotten away with the win still in this this match, but um, we really needed him in that United, um, and that was a one goal affair too. So um, 
he could have been the difference maker. So obviously we yeah, can second yeah. guess Conte all day, and it's not really fair for us to do. But um, but I w- I would have rather seen him get a bit of a rest than this one and, and, and played the whole match and uh, um, against United if I had it to do over. Um, but he he was fantastic in this one yet again, and and what a star did we got our hands on? I mean. I, it really is amazing to me that um, the, the Juventus fans were happy to see him go. They were happy to see both these guys go. And uh, and, um, and I think they're both talented players, but, but Decky, it looks like he could be world-class, and, and they just uh, weren't even giving him a chance to play. Um, We've got, like, four young star players now. I mean, you know, the the Juventus pair, because Betancourt, you know, bossed the midfield all game against uh, Brighton. Um, and then Decky, like you said, uh, Romero and Skip, when he gets back, supposedly he's back after the international break. Um, you know, that's pretty good. We haven't had, like, four young guys explode like this in a while. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to, to see how Skip can work into the system. Like, and I have to say, like um, these last couple of matches, and even the United match, I think uh, um, uh, Bier has looked much better. I, I had a lot of concerns for him in a Conte system. I just didn't think it was going to work, but I think he really has started to um, to find a pe- partnership with Benton Core that's that, that that can work moving forward. Um, but I want to see what how Skip can work alongside him as well, and 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 that's a nice problem to have have a little bit of rotation there. Um, I do think we probably need a couple more midfielders to really make this work uh, going forward. With like, how many games that we're, we'll have to play, assuming that we're going to be in uh, some some international competition last year, next year, in all the cups. But um, but I'm excited to to see that partnership for sure. Um. Um, yeah, I think there's, I, th- I ahead, think there's you. definitely something to be said though for, like when you get these players that actually get a run of games and build a partnership like that. Like we've seen, Bentenker seemed to been, he and Hoybier have been playing really well together. I mean, you could say Kulichevsky had the hand in like the room. He and uh, both of our Juventus guys had a hand in both goals against Brighton, with the assist that Bentenker played to Kane on that ball in the second half was phenomenal but I think there's something to be said when you get these guys like look at Sessegnon when he was finally able to get a run of games it's like you see we actually have we've had the Barb Sessegnon himself but if we have that like little bit of pockets of health where we can be running out the game and we're not playing nine games a week in these crazy like we had those four games four road games in 11 days in February or stuff like that when we can actually have a bit of time to be together it's it's a nice it's you see those partnerships blossom and you see guys like Hoy Bear start to settle in and start looking like completely different just because he's got someone consistently with to work through in the midfield yeah yeah and uh, and and Skip and Hoybier were always too similar of players to be playing next to one another to to have a a valid partnership. Where I think Bentancur offers a little something different. Um, he he's much more effective with his passing. Um, sometimes not so much. He does make some bonehead passes too, but um, but more often than not, he 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 finds some really creative passes that 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 breaks down the midfield and. And neither Skip nor Hoybier were doing much of that, um, uh, but with, it, it allows them to have a partnership where they can be a little bit more more the aggressor and and, and let let Bentoncore be more the facilitator. Um, and I'm excited for it. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on this Brighton match before we uh, uh, go on to the uh, MVP LVP? Nope, we can leave it there. Okay, so let's uh, let's start with Jeff for MVP. Uh, my MVP is Romero. Uh, he, I thought he really, um, you know, bossed the back line. He was all over the pitch, like you said, Lucas. You know, he was up in the box. Um, there were a couple 
uh, moments in the second half where he just like was dribbling the ball all over the place. He went from right to left. He went forward and back. He was just, um, he was feeling it that game. Um, it was amazing. I mean, um, yeah, it's, I get Fertagen used to come forward a lot too, but man, Romero was really roaming everywhere in this match. So yeah, he's my MVP. Yeah, I, that that's a good shout there, Lucas. Who do you have? Uh, mine's Harry, actually. Um, I don't know why I said it with such surprise. He's it's Harry fucking Kane. He's usually <laughs> the MVP in most games, but um, he just yeah, he was phenomenal. Um, the way even here he didn't get that finish, but the way he pressed that keeper and can just create chances out of nothing and like again some of the balls he set up Regulon with are just world class. The way he's able to spray the ball around and just know where guys are going to be and he's one of the best passers on the planet, let alone finishers. So. I thought Harry played a really great game and uh, definitely deserves a shout. Yeah, you know, I, you kind of stole the, my thunder there, Lucas. Like I, especially with those those balls, the, the through balls that he had, uh, cre- the chances he created that could have been goals. Um, like I have to give him credit for those as well as the goal that he did score. Um, and yeah, for me, I think he's got to be my MVP in this circumstance. Um, Let's go to LVP. I think you already gave us a spoiler, Jeff, so we'll go back to you. Yeah, I, I'm going to say Reggion, but it's a soft LVP. I mean, I didn't think he played especially bad. It's just, you know, the, this recurring thing where, you know, he gets the ball in great positions and is one-on-one with the keeper and shoots it directly at him um, or, or or hoofs it over the net. Um, you know, for, for him to really be a threat there, um, he's got to uh, work on his shooting. Yeah, yeah, I I can see that, uh, Lucas. Yeah, I kind of get I kind of get that. Um, I would probably echo that too and say Regulon is mine. Um, it does. It has that little bit of a Bergvine in him right now with that like streak where there's just so many. You're just thinking, God, just get one of these goals and maybe you can just start becoming a machine. But um, I think a fair fun shout would be to also consider. If we're going to talk about like the least amount of value that anyone had out there, we could probably say Hugo because he didn't have a damn thing to do. So Hugo might have been the least. He could have might as well. He might as well not have even been out there, and we could have probably still won two one or two nil. So um, yeah. yeah, definitely Regulon. But I like those games when Hugo doesn't have anything to do. Yeah, um, I think I agree that it's with you guys that it's uh, Regulon. I, a little unfair. Um, because I don't think he was playing horribly. Um, I think that there's something we do have to figure out with him. Um, and, and maybe it's it seems like he has the skill set for a wing back, but then um, but then we're at times with he doesn't seem to be performing there. And I think we'd all have to really question, like you know, if if um, uh, Real were to come back and say, you know what, we want we want our buyback. Uh, and and we make a profit on uh, off of him going back. How many of us would be really upset? Uh, other than the fact that like we certainly have to work out the other side uh, side of, of the wing back position way more than we have to work out that this side. Um, and that's one more like now we need a wing back on each side at least to to be able to get by um, in the off season, and that becomes a little bit trickier. So, but I don't know if I'd be heartbroken at this point if he were to leave, but, um, but I think there's still a player there that we could see shape into something. Uh, Lucas, you wanted to jump in there. Yeah. Cause I was actually going to pose that question before you brought up the Madrid thing. I was going to ask you to, if that was something you guys would be interested in. Cause honestly, if the numbers are what they are being made out to be in the news and like the media is saying it's somewhere around like 30 to 40 million for the buyback clause, like, if that's the case, I don't see how we pass that up. We have to say, hell yeah, jump on that 40 mil for um, if, if it was going to be the case to get because we're, we're going to need upgrades on both of those positions anyway, right and left. We're going to need upgrades that we're we're in a bit of a window now where we don't really have if we want to go compete next year and we want to be able to go achieve the things we want. I don't think we really have the time to say, Oh, you know, there's a player in there. Maybe like we got to go buy a right and left wing back that can actually be 
the guys that we need in Conti's because Conti's system thrives on proper play from his wingbacks. And so we need guys that can make that. We need to have signings like a Kulachevsky where it's slots in immediately and can be an impact guy, but we need that out on the wings. And I wouldn't be mad at the idea of keeping Regulon as like the rotational guy that pushes for a spot or something. But I'm like for 30, for anywhere between like 35 to 40 mil, I just don't see how you pass that up. Well, and you keep Sessegnon around for that. Like, and obviously the injuries are a concern, but he could be that guy that, that you, you keep around for uh rotation. Um, cause he's yeah. under control right yeah. now. Well, that's why I wouldn't be keen on losing him right now because, you know, with him and Sessegnon in rotation, you know, we're, we're okay at left wing back and, you know, yeah, Sessegnon, like we've been saying, is made of glass until they figure out how to keep that hamstring healthy. Um, it's just one place when you look at all the places that we want to improve, right? We want to improve the back line more. We want a creative midfielder. We need a second striker and so on. I mean, that's left wing back is one position that we're okay at, um, where we don't have to spend any money. So if we could keep Reggian and, and Sassignon as a rotation, I'd be fine with that. And worry, we're especially about the right wing back position. Yeah. Yeah, obviously that's the, the more the concern. But yeah, interesting question. I was thinking the same thing that you were, Lucas. We were great minds. Uh, we're on that question. <laughs> I think. Um, well, uh, let's move the conversation along. So let's uh, let's talk about this West Ham match. So a uh, London derby. Um, we're taking them on at home. We're we're getting them when they're a little bit tired. Um, they, they had a. Yeah, you know, they they had some big matches that they had to worry about, uh, but we we also had uh, the the game in hand on them, uh, uh, um, and we were in a good position points wise. Um, but that made me more worried about this match than anything else because it, it's West Ham and they they always play us like it's their cup final. We always say that nonsense, but um, but we came into this one. Um, I wasn't feeling great, but I, I was hopeful. Um, and I, th- I, I think they, uh, the, 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 we played well. This was, a, this was a good performance all around. Um, what do you guys think? I'll start with Lucas. Yeah, I actually wasn't worried about this one. I actually said three. I knew we were gonna, I knew we were gonna show up for this. And again, one of the things we've actually been playing really, really well even despite the odd we've been showing so much better patterns of play and style when we play against a team that actually wants to come out and play us like other than the Ronaldo hat trick, which again, I still think we played great in that game. Other than that, like you're looking at the types of games we've been screwing up have been like Burnley's and Middleborough after four games in 11 days and stuff like that, where I, I, I was really comfortable or, confident in the fact that West Ham was going to come at us and we were just going to be able to we were just going to slice them open at the back and I love the fact that we were able to even though I didn't think we had the best first 10 minutes like I thought we actually kind of looked like we were sleepwalking a little bit at the beginning but that quick goal all of a sudden the fact that it was a Zuma own goal just makes it even better and it's just that was all the spark we needed to just take control of that game yeah, no, the the own goal so early was really uh, really huge because it, it relieved that tension and pressure. And like as you said, we didn't come out looking great at first. It took us a, a few minutes to grow into this match, and then all of a sudden that that, that Zuma own goal, where um, uh, do you blame him for that one? I, I love I love watching it, such a scumbag. Um, make that mistake, but um, but that could have happened to anybody when all said and done. Um, but it was great to, to 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 see us go ahead that way, and it was on a chance that the son was directly involved with. Um, um, like we, I think a lot of us thought that that was a um, that was a sunny goal, <laughs> and, and, and until we saw the replay, Jeff. Um, yeah, I want to point out that on the podcast last week, I said 3-1 and Son would come out of his slump with two goals. So, um, Good and yeah. play. So, um, 
Yeah, I thought Sun had scored that one too. And if he hadn't hit the post, he would have had a hat trick anyway. So he was fantastic in this game. And that's what, yeah, he gets in those streaks where he's super good or he's, you know, even, even when he's in his bad streak, he still finds ways to contribute, even while he's making you pull your hair out. But um, hopefully this is the start of another big purple streak for him. And, uh, you know, he can carry it through April. But um, yeah, I thought, we were in control for most of this match. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I thought the team played really well again. And we finally broke our streak, won two games in a row. Uh, <laughs> so a lot to celebrate. Yeah, and and uh, <clears throat> a shout-out to Shubes. Shubes does ask us a question about uh, um, Sun's performance. And he he certainly um, stepped up to the plate here. And it was, it was great to see him have such a great performance. Um I, I I think this bodes very well for us moving forward, actually, because now we have a Harry who's been firing on all cylinders for the most part, even though in this one, I think he did uh, um, at times just be a, a step behind or uh, j- just a little bit off on his um, his goal scoring opportunities. But um, but when what, but his his contributing to Sun's uh, ability to score was right up there and at its peak. Um, that ball he that ball he played for Sun's first goal was incredible. Like it was such a cool ball by Benton Kerr to release Kane, but when Kane found like just I don't even know how he sees where Sun is or if he doesn't even see if he just knows instinctively where to find him. It's it was it's like oh it's just poetry and emotion and watching those two together. It's just I don't think you you can't even talk about how great Sun was without giving Harry a little bit of a shout out there, because even that I thought it was, it was weird on like the 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 second goal it was kind of weird why both both center backs like jumped in on Harry for that long ball but again Harry immediately knows where to head it on to to find a running Sun it's just they the telepathic communication between them is scary. That header was amazing too. <laughs> that back header, the no look back <laughs> header, right to Sun's feet. I mean, unbelievable. And he also once again here he set up Reggian twice with you know one on one attack. But so he was he was super Mister Facilitator this game. But in Regulon, Jesus again, I don't want to make bash him too much here because we have two wonderful games to talk about. But it's like he went down twice where it's just like, if he had a little bit of like confidence and composure, he could have slotted them both in at two different times where he was played in, but was looking for a penalty and just went down and like, you're never getting that call. Like, uh, it just, that was one of the, that was one of the down parts from yesterday that, and the, the fact that we all knew that that, that corner that we gave West, like I wasn't even as mad about the fact that they scored off the corner. I was so mad about the corner itself that we gave them for no reason. Doherty just fucking completely lost focus on what he was doing and just played it out for just a gift of a corner. And of course they're going to hit you with that. Like we all knew exactly when, as soon as they got that corner, we were all said to each other at the pub, we were like, well, this is, this is where it happens. This is where they get one. Yeah. Well, when, when uh, the other one happened late in the match, I thought for sure that it was going to be in the equalizer too. Uh, I'm trying to remember who played that one out. It was, a, it was a, kind of a bonehead play. Was it Ben Davis or was it? Uh, uh, it was the other side. Uh, yeah. Or, or was that Regulon? Or I, I, I think, think it might have been Ben actually. Yeah, but uh, I, it, same thing happened again where it was like played out when it could have been cleared to the side or anything else could have happened or you or you had enough time to to pass and get it out of danger but yeah geez like that's concerning because our ability one of the things that are concerning me to me about this match is our ability to defend corners is is something that we have to worry about going forward so we have to find ways to not give up as many uh because we're certainly i don't think we're going to get any better at defending them um at least with this particular crop of players and um and if we don't, then we just the, the next best thing is to not give them up in the first place. Um, Joe, you know the Doherty thing too. He like slipped, lost his balance, and then like 
you know, misplayed the ball last out of bounds with nobody around him at all. And, you know, yeah. doesn't it seem like Spurs do this more than anybody else? Our guys fall down all over the pitch. I mean, Lucas has done it for years. Um, you know, Son had that game where he was falling everywhere. It's, um, you know, Winks constantly falling down. It's like we must have the guys with the, the worst sense of balance in the league. Because I don't see other teams fall down anywhere near as often as we do. Maybe we need to. We're like we're the only team without studs on the bottom of our boots. <laughs> yeah, like maybe we. I was gonna say maybe we need to fire the boot guy, like the the, the guy that's like uh, um, <laughs> cleaning all the boots off in the uh, the, Just the spraying them down with like Pam, yeah, like <laughs> cooking oil or something on the bottom of them. No, but I I, I think um, I one of the again this kind of goes back to what I was talking about with. Um, with Brighton where I was like, it was a really fortunate time to play them. I think we, it's, it's one of those tough things where if you are going to play in Europe, you have to try and manage these types of things and West Ham going to play. Like, well, cause didn't they play like 120 minutes? Like they had the, like they yeah, had they to play went the, they went extra time on Thursday and that's an exhausting effort that they had to put in. So I, I think that there is a shout that like, cause Shubes, I know Shubes had asked something about that. So there is a shout to be had there where you could make the argument that we got kind of fortunate that we got to play them. But I think the intensity was there from us much more than it was for them. Regardless. I, I don't think there was a lot of, there weren't too many chances other than set pieces that had me worried. I don't know about you guys, but it didn't, you know where I found like one of the. It was nice to see us not be our old classic Spurs. Was right after we gave up that goal, like right before, like what was it in the thirty something minute? But I could have seen us in the past having like some kind of meltdown right before half, whereas we actually were able to just kind of comfortably see it out to halftime, kind of get our heads back on straight, and then come out and I was. I was expecting the second half to be like a wave coming at us from West Ham. And it really wasn't. We still just controlled the tempo. Our midfield was great. Benton Kerr looked amazing again. Hoy Bear looked really sound. Uh, Benton Kerr, like just the creativity and like the ballsiness that he has with his runs when he did that one running backwards to our own box stop. Two guys the wrong way and slid back like that. It's, it's fun to watch. I was really proud of like the the mentality side of things from us at least where we had where in many many past times against West Ham or other games like that and Derby's like we've we've seen us shit the bed with the same types of mistakes and it's good to see that Conti's methods are getting in these guys' heads. Yeah, it, it is and like and especially how how quickly both of these players from Juventus have just slotted right in. Like I mean how often do you see a, w- a winter acquisition slot right in like this? Like, remember how long it took Lucas to to contribute at all to the, the squad? Like, it wasn't until the next year for him. Him, yeah. Um, but when was the last time we had two two players at the same time come in and be contributors right away? Uh, 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 Jeff, um, I was gonna say too with Romero. Now it's kind of like having that workplace sign, you know, zero, you know, how many days since the last workplace injury? Now we can say <laughs> yeah. one game since the last Romero yellow card because he didn't get one this time. <laughs> uh, and it was funny that, you know, Conte basically left the whole team out there to almost the 90th minute before he made any subs. So he was really yeah. using the break to his advantage. Well, yeah, again, this is, that was nice. That's... Like, I, I think we were all saying, like, Sub, sub, why have we not sub? But it makes sense with the long break coming up. Because Son, I thought Son, Sonny was fantastic yesterday, but he also, there's so many times where Son just looked knackered. He looked exhausted sometimes. That guy could use a break. Sonny's been playing so many minutes. And I was thinking like, oh, come on, go on, put a sub on for Son. And then the hell do we know? Sure enough, he ends up coming here goal. During pace, so you're just Conti knew what he was doing yesterday. Knows more than a couple of jackasses in the pub. So fair play to Conti on that one. 
Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, I, you can't argue with his game plan yesterday. It worked. Um, and ultimately, they only got one goal back, uh, and that was uh, uh, off of uh, off of the, um, uh, the the corner kick, which we always know is a risk to us. And that's a, this is a team that that can threaten with that. Um, but I think on a hold, there wasn't. They didn't look that threatening uh, in other positions. Um, a, a couple of chances there. I mean, they they only had uh, one shot on target. Um, yeah, six shots total. Yeah, uh, we had seventeen in uh, shots and four on target. Um, so we we actually maximized. Uh, you know, and there was a there was a shot off of the post that uh, that Sun had made that um, oh, yeah. that doesn't that doesn't count as on target. So, um, so we we certainly had some uh, opportunities there. Um, uh, any other thoughts on this uh, this match before we go to MVP, LVP? Okay, let's go to MVP, and we'll stick with the same order. Let's go, let's go with Jeff first. Uh, Son, I thought, you know, he was my LVP last week, so definitely have to give him the MVP this week. Uh, you know, he had a fantastic game, and, you know, it, if it wasn't for that stupid post, it would add a hat trick. Yeah, no, definitely. That was still some effort by him, though, because he was kind of like falling back, lost his balance, and like was able to still get his foot around and play that so close. I was like, oh, that was heartbreaking. I wish he had gotten his hat trick. Yeah. I remember at the time, somebody at the pub just, and it's pure emotions. I'm I'm not going to call anybody up, but somebody at the pub was was just like, oh, you got to score that, son. Like, it's like, he did a pretty good, pretty good work. Like, you can't accuse him of too much there. And, and ultimately, he just had an amazing game. How is he? Any, how is anybody else the MVP in this one? I mean, I guess he can make the case for Kane, who facilitated so many of those goals as well. I mean, he um, he, he didn't look good on his own chances when he had them, but um, but uh, he made everybody else's chances happen. Um, and, well, if, and hey, if a, if 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 a bad game for us with Harry Kane is two assists, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'll live with it. Yeah. Well, and that's only bad on his his chances on target. Like when his shots, uh, like when he had opportunities, he didn't look great. But he created all the I, opportunities for everybody else. So, I'll say my uh, my MVP. I'm, def- I'm going to give it to Son. Um, shout out to Benton Kerr, though. Um, I thought he played really well. Um, and then also, other MVP is the boys in the South End bringing those inflatable cats. That was uh, that was oh top yeah, that class. was awesome. <laughs> That was awesome. So, fair play to those guys. That was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how ridiculous is it that West Ham keeps playing Zuma? I mean, like, the the RSPC has sanctioned him. You know, this is all over the place, and they refuse to, like, discipline him at all. It's pretty bad. But par for the course for West Ham. Yeah, I was going to say. Because they love that behavior over there. Yeah, I and I want to say, like, when Hugo had the drunk driving... Didn't we at least like fine him or something like that? Yeah, yeah, and fine. he didn't he didn't play. I thought for a game or two. Yeah, I mean, no, because it was it was they during the summer it. when he got it, and like because it was it was right after he won like the World Cup, I think. Yeah, um, and and you know, he, and yeah, we didn't take away his captaincy, but we 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 reacted as this is bad behavior outside of the, the sport. And it was disciplined to, by the club, and it yeah. was and it was denounced by the club, which is like yeah. what's important. Yeah, and that and that's the the main thing here. It's just like when you're that brutal to animals, like it, to not come out and denounce it. When it is a a crime in England, I mean, it's uh, it's you know, it's not one that you're going to go to jail for a significant amount of time, but it is up to it, it's more jail time than it is here in the U.S. Um, <laughs> it's the U.S. We we get away with like murders here. Like, there's no like, yeah. Our... yeah. Well, so does Chelsea, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's a certain player there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, good shout there on the cat. Uh, let's do LVP next, and uh, we'll go back to Jeff. Um, I'm going to give a team LVP for set piece defense. I mean, at this point in the season, it's ridiculous. Um, that this just keeps happening. And like you said, Anthony, I mean, I guess it's something Conte will have to work on at the beginning of next year. 
with some other players who you know can can stick to their markers. I mean, this should not be happening still, and yet it it has all season, and it still is, and it's just embarrassing. Yeah, that's a good shot there, Lucas. Who do, what do you have? Who do you have? Um, yeah, I'll actually say. I'm going to give it to Regulon again, which is, again, I don't want to sound like I'm coming down on him too hard, but again, to have the amount of opportunities at some point, you got to come good on him. So I, I think that he's just got to, he's got to sharpen up a little bit. If we, we're going to need, again, if we can't count on Sessegnon to be healthy, we're going to need him to be sharp in this run in at the end of the season here. So we're going to need him to turn the corner at some point because we need our wingbacks creating opportunities for our guys up front. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you you're you're right there if I have to pick a player, but I think Jeff's uh, shout is much better cuz it is to, that team set piece defending is is killing us this year. Um and it's tough to pinpoint one player <laughs> in each circumstance cuz it seems like it's a different person each time uh that doesn't defend. Um and maybe we just need to spend Four hours uh, <laughs> next practice, just just practicing set piece uh, defense. I don't know what, what it is that we have to do. Have Lucas taking all the headers at everybody. <laughs> but um, any uh, final thoughts before we go to halftime? Okay, okay. Well, that about wraps up the half. In the second half, we uh, we're not really going to talk much about international break other than it's coming up and, uh, and we'll, we'll mention what maybe we might be up to, uh, during this, uh, this break. Uh, but, yeah, and, and, and no Luke's flock segment this week, folks, cause I don't gamble on international football. So, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, so I was going to say, uh, um, we're just going to stay live and roll into the second half. And, and after we have that quick conversation, we will preview Newcastle. Uh, so let's, let's roll right into it. And uh, let's, let's uh, talk about what are you guys up to for international break? Uh, uh, or Jeff, or did you have something? Well, else? well, there is one international thing I want to bring up um, and see what you guys think of it. Is that Argentina called Romero up, even though he's suspended and can't play because of the last time they brought him over and with the COVID rules, you know, he got thrown out of Brazil. So he can't play. They still called him up to be there because they're hoping apparently he might wind up with only a one game suspension so that they would use him, even though they've already qualified. It's just infuriating. I don't know what it, you know. Argentina is constantly giving us the middle finger, it seems like, uh, for player management. Um, and this one's really frustrating. I mean, if Romero well, somehow gets even hurt more during all of, of this. Like our history with the Argentinians, like. Yeah. Yeah. I, with our background and, like, our Argentinian connection, you'd think they'd throw us a few favors every once in a while. Yeah, that's – it's really aggravating. And I think at a certain point um, – you know, uh, you need some shit housing out of your your front office and say like, look, um, right now like they don't need you. You're already qualified. Um, don't go. You know what? You you picked up a little knock, but oh, you're magically better in time for our next match. Um, I, I don't see that come up. I mean, we we used to see that back in the day with United with all their players for England. But why can't which we do that? Up a, yeah, go ahead. Up uh, speaking of England, Anthony, like that's one too, where like we're going into this break and it's friendlies. They're friendlies. Like I don't need Harry Kane picking up an injury in a friendly against Ivory Coast. Like <laughs> it means nothing. It's, ah, uh, it, that's the one thing I always hope going into these international breaks is that we can just come out of it somehow unscathed with, we don't have the depth. I, I honestly believe if we could stay healthy, we could make a proper run in for top four. But we're thin and we don't have the depth that we can afford a guy or two to get picking up knocks. Like we, we've just kind of found this starting 11 that's our like go to run him out there every game type, like type squad. And if, if we have some kind of Bush league injuries go down on an international break that meant nothing. I'm going to lose the plot. So I, I hope everyone can stay safe and that that's 
again, that's my international break outlook. Yeah, well, and I and I guess we have to accept that this is going to ha- Argentina in particular seems to do this with players a lot. They they never give them give a break for them to call ups regardless of uh, um, the situation. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I just w- want to make. Sh- I hope nobody gets injured. I mean, I I'm glad that Skip isn't playing. Uh, he's not going to be back healthy yet because I know he was doing the under twenty ones with his call ups a lot. Um, uh, but Kane, I'm worried about. They better not play him very much. But at least England has been a little bit more selective about how they've used Harry Kane on international duty. Oh. Like they, they just haven't played him willy nilly every single match, whether it matters or not. So I, I at least that's a little bit better than Argentina. But uh, but, but unfortunately yeah. too, I, you know how hungry Kane is for records and goals, and it's. I think he's only five away from like five or six or something away from the all-time England record. So even if he is thrown in there in an Ivory Coast friendly, like he's going to be going balls to the wall trying to get these goals. So it's like, I really hope that maybe they play him in one of the games and sit him for the other one. But I just, I don't think they need to be playing him 180 minutes in a four day span for no reason. Yeah. No, I, I, I certainly hope they don't. Um, on my end, like, uh, I don't really care about this time of year with international play. Like, I'll watch a World Cup when it comes up. But I am going to be watching uh, this Thursday the U.S.-Mexico match. I'm going to be out at the, the Atlantic for that one. So uh, if, you're, if you're in town and watching that, that match, uh, come on out to the Atlantic for that one. We will have that game on there. Um, but... Um, it's a big one with qualifiers uh, in, in circumstance for the U.S. And um, we just don't want to see them uh, blow yet another opportunity at a World Cup. So uh, the, these ones actually do matter. Um, but uh, regardless, I think we probably should move the conversation along and let's preview this Newcastle match. So, um, so after the international break, so two weeks from yesterday... Um, we take on Newcastle at home. Uh, so currently Newcastle sits in 14th place at, in, in the league. So they, they crawled out of last place once, uh, once they got a little bit of money and, uh, so made some purchases. Uh, that's with 31 points, seven wins, 10 draws and 12 losses. Um, most recently they did lose, uh, this past Thursday, uh, away to Everton, uh, one uh, nil. Prior to that, they lost to Chelsea. They beat Southampton, beat Brighton, and beat Brentford. Um, after this match, they will uh, have a match the following Friday. It's a slightly shorter rest than us. After the match, um, uh, they take on Wolves at home at that point. Uh, Callum Wilson is their top goal scorer right now with six. Uh, St. Maximum is close with five, and he is their top playmaker and top-rated player, St. Maximum. So, um so those those are the two biggest threats right now. Um, uh, we did beat them uh, in in the League Cup. Uh, um, uh, I'm sorry, no, we beat them in the uh, the Premier League uh, earlier this year in October, three um, two, um, and then we drew them the two previous engagements. Um, what do you guys think on this? Uh, Newcastle, are you feeling confident? Um, are you concerned with some of the improvements that they made, uh, Jeff? Um, I really want to see Newcastle go down. It would be it's going to be hard for them to fall, you know, to have the brakes go out on the elevator worse than Everton. Um, so they probably won't. But I don't know. I, I'm I don't think they they should be a challenge to us. I think we should be able to win and win pretty easily. Um, and uh, as Lucas knows, my least favorite expert um, might be out there for them. So hopefully he is a say, incredibly terrible game. Your least favorite? <laughs> my least favorite expert, yes. And, that, and I, can't, I can't say his name out loud, but, you know, he used to play right back for us. <laughs> this is, well, well, this is where you and I are in, we are in absolute agreement because everyone knows I'm, I'm, I couldn't stand him when he played for us, I, like, if there's one thing I hate, it's a wing 
wing back or a fullback that doesn't have pace. It drives me up the wall. Like everyone knows that Serge Aurier had a dumb mistake in him, but Serge Aurier took over games against the likes of Man City's, Dortmund's, Liverpool. Like he single-handedly was our best defender in a lot of those games in big moments. And Trippier always just disappeared. He'd whip in like a nice free kick against Fulham one time or something, and we'd all just sing his name and be all excited. But so I'm very much looking forward that he's back in England and we can give a run at him. So I hope he's out there and I hope Doherty just skins him. Or yeah, I, even Regulon, like Regulon will probably be the one up against him. So I hope Regulon just has his way with him. But yeah, they, they're they a weird one, Newcastle, because they've had an awful start to the season, got the got a new manager in, bought some players, got the new... Of course, it was one of those where when we played them, they had... Uh, they had just got like the Saudi by like the Saudi bazillionaires or whatever who came in and Saudi government basically bought them. And in our luck, that's always happens to be the game right before us when something Liverpool gets clop or something like there's always the teams always make these massive changes right before they play us. And it's some usually goes against us, but um, we were glad to dig that one out back in October, but they've actually dug themselves out and are pretty much safe. I don't think they'll go down. The likes of Burnley and Norwich and Watford can't figure it out. So I think they're safe, which could play into our hand a little bit. That when I know when teams are in these kind of just trying to stay up mode, you kind of tend to prioritize your games a little bit. So I think Newcastle's like their April schedule is they have us that first week, and then they have Wolves, Leicester, Palace, Norwich. So I, I think playing at White Hart Lane against Spurs, if we can, this is all assuming that we have a somewhat healthy Touchwood international break. But yeah, if we can keep our momentum rolling, I don't think they're going to prioritize going to play at Tottenham when that's a pretty tough game for them when it's like they might put the effort in against Wolves at home the next week or something. So I think there's a couple of players on their squad that can always hurt you. I think Joel Linton's really good. Chris Wood's always been like they got grabbed him from Burnley. He's always somebody that you can lump it up to and he can hold the ball up kind of like Lorente used to do for us. So they got some guys that can actually play and they can cause you problems if you let them. Whereas where I think Jeff, like Jeff, what you said, where this is going to be in our hands. I think this is ours to lose, ours to dictate the pace of the game. So I really hope we can get an early goal, draw them out turn this into an open game as opposed to some of the Newcastle games we've had in the past where they might just put 11 men behind the ball and we've struggled all year at trying to break teams down. So, yeah, I, I, I do th- think that like uh, as much as we dislike Trippier, I think he is good for this particular Newcastle team with what they're just trying to do, which is just get them up themselves up to the point where they already have where they're just kind of a little bit outside the relegation zone where they're safe, that they don't have to worry about losing any players and they can start buying next year because they can sell that they're in the Premier League and they're an up-and-coming team with a lot of money. Um, so, uh, like, I, it makes sense to me what they did with, like, Wood and Trippier at the at the winter window. And um, and I kind of also see that being a threat to us uh, like with, like, a, a few good crosses like uh, a header in the right place, the ball held up right, uh, and then then having guys like uh, uh, Wilson and St. Maximum out there that can also do uh, be a little bit of a threat at times. Yeah, I think we're good enough, and we should be able to beat them, especially at home. But uh, but I'm a little bit more worried than I think uh, you are, Lucas, about this one. I think uh, th- th- this could be a little bit of a... Um, uh, um, I don't know what would the phrase for it be like a bit more trap of a game? yeah maybe trap uh, maybe not so much trap because I think we can see it coming but uh, just a little bit more of a threat yeah um we have been we have that has been one of our problems though too is the way we've come back off international breaks sometimes has been really slow yeah I think we've had some we had some really unfortunate luck with the scheduling in terms of international breaks, like where 
we've had some good momentum rolling all of a sudden, bam, international break. And then it takes us like a game or two to kind of wake ourselves back up. Even look at Nuno at the beginning of the year when we won three straight top of the league, nine points from nine. And then all of a sudden it was like international break. And what happens the next game out? Go to, go to have, the month. <laughs> go to the yeah, month. The, <laughs> the next thing that happens is international break and we're getting red cards at palace and done three nil and then starts the slide that, was the craziest six weeks ever. But yeah, I think that I'm hoping, like I said, if, if all things considered, we can come out of the, uh, if we can come out of the like international break somewhat unscathed, I think that Conti's got us in a good enough place right now with the guys. know. I think, cause I, I honestly think that the guys believe the top four is back on. I think our players are really up for it and they know that like we have a shot to actually do this now. And we have that advantage where we kind of touched on it earlier a little bit. I forgot which one you guys said it, but that thing where it's once a week, one game a week, Conti, his record speaks for itself. When I think he was like, he's like seven, seven out of eight uh, with one draw when he's had six or more days to prepare for one game. So it's like, we're in a spot where if we can some if we can stay healthy, like I think our guys are going to be up for it more than Newcastle is at home. Um, I hope it's an open game. If we can get an early goal, I know I sound like an early or broken record, but if we can get one of those early goals or something, and that game could turn into an onslaught. So I think we'll be up for it, which is something that I think we'll we'll have we'll be much more up for it than Newcastle will be. I hope we just got to work on defending set pieces and those. The odd break and a cross that gets whipped in that could undo us, which seems to have happened in the past. Okay. Uh, Jeff, any final thoughts before we go to predictions? Uh, no. I mean, uh, as long I mean, the one caveat is that we come back healthy from break because um, uh, uh, I think we're due for that, right? <laughs> the, the law of averages yeah. would say that we <laughs> will this time one. come back. Okay. You owe us one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hope you're right. The law of averages uh, uh, needs to apply here. Um, let's see. Uh, let's go to predictions. And since you're talking, Jeff, you can continue and uh, give your prediction first. Um, I'm going to predict three nothing. Um, Kane, Son, and an own goal from he who must not be named. And I hope it's super embarrassing and they show it all week long on TV. <laughs> I hope it's worse. I hope it's worse than that one he did against, uh, or when he was playing Chelsea. Against Chelsea. Yeah. I hope yeah. it's on par with that. Yeah. Uh, Lucas, your prediction? Uh, I'm going to say 2 0. Uh, Kane Brace. I think one of the, again, I, we've said this a hundred times, but if, if all stay healthy, I think Kane's in that mode right now where he's thinking he can still win the Golden Boot. So <laughs> he's like, He's going to be chugging for goals, and I think he's going to be putting out shots from outside the box. He's going to be doing whatever he can to try and get himself on that score sheet. I think he was more upset than anyone yesterday that he wasn't able to get one. So I think Kane's in that that sweet spot that he usually hits in this run-up where he's going to be trying to get get 20 Premier League goals, which I also hope happens because Tom being out here have a bet that Kane's going to have 20. I said he's going to have 20 goals in the Premier League, so. I'm going to go Kane Brace 2-0. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be the differing voice. I do think we're going to win, but like I don't think it's going to be a, th- that easy. And I'm going to say it's uh, a 3-2 victory. Um, and uh, we do get like a goal from Kane, but I think we get two more from Sun because I think Sun – is Sun going on international break? I, d- I don't know if he's traveling this time. I don't think he is. Um but Kane very well could pick up minutes during the international break uh, more so. Uh, so I, I think this might be in uh, Sun continuing his performance with, with the two, Kane with one. Um, and uh, I, I do think we'll get a good game out of Decky, but he won't get one out of this one. Um, but uh, I, ha- I have to say, I think the, the two goals, one is going to be created by uh, Trippier but with a, an assist. And then I'm going to say that he actually scores off of us 
doesn't celebrate. He does have that type of honor, but ugh, yeah, but that's going to feel gross if that happens. Um, ugh. I hope Trippier. I hope it's Trippier's job to mark Kane on every set piece we get, every corner. I hope. <laughs> I hope Trippier's on Kane. <laughs> that would be fucking awesome, but yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, any final thoughts on the week that was? Any anything going into international break? Um, uh, what are your thoughts? anybody anybody got any plans for international break? Uh, uh, Jeff? No, no, no plans. Um, just waiting for Spurs to come back. I was just gonna say. I mean. It's great that we finally got the back-to-back wins. It feels like there's momentum building up because, Lucas, like you said, we played well enough to win or at least draw against United, too. Um, and then you had, you know, Leeds before that. So um, we've, you know, we've looked good um, this last set of four games. So we just have to come back from break and keep that going. And um, we got a good chance um, at winding up in a good spot. Yeah. Uh, Lucas, final yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I... I'll... I'll piggyback that because I honestly think the it's something I've said on this podcast loads of times. It's the one thing that separates us in my lifetime, always separated us from Arsenal fans was their emphasis on results. Like football's crazy. Results happen. So my last thoughts on the week that was, was we put in three really good shifts in three straight games. So if we keep putting in those shifts every game, more times than not, we're walking out of there with three points. It's going to happen for us. So we got to just keep putting in those efforts. And that's what's something to be excited about. Sure, we didn't get the result at United, but that was the effort was there. The performance was there. We keep doing that. Bar random hat trick from the best player in the world, we're going to get a lot of goals and we're going to get a lot of points. So we got to keep just keep riding that momentum and keep putting in those shifts and i think we're going to find ourselves where we want to be at the end of the season yeah and i think your shifts could go back to leads as well um even though i think there's we got lucky at at times uh the performance could have been better but but that was a a four goal route so i mean uh i think we can even go back four games where we've been putting in shifts so uh, um, yep. When we look at it in that that positive uh, regard, um, uh, maybe, maybe we are headed in the right direction, and 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 maybe we are ready to be competitive. I I do feel like it's probably a long shot for top four, and, and we certainly have to hope for uh, uh, Arsenal to start start losing some matches, but uh, but the chance is there now, um, and and we have a reason to hope again which didn't feel like we had like a probably a week and a half ago. <laughs> so, um, so, so with that, I think that's a good place to end this match. We are taking the international break off. So we'll see you again in two Mondays from today. We'll have an, our next episode out, but that about wraps it up. So thanks to Tommy for editing and sound tonight, Charlie for the music, Sam for social media, Kimberly for the logo. And as always the Atlantic bar and grill, uh, we'll be back there recording again soon, and it's been great watching the matches. Great crowds out there at the Atlantic. If you don't come out uh, and you're in Chicago, um, you're missing out because it's 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 been a a great atmosphere lately. Find our merchandise at Big Head Media. Find find us now on both Spotify and Stitcher. Hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast, or give us a review wherever you get podcasts. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at Four Star Spurs and our website at fourstarspurs.com. Come on, Spurs!